Hey guys, this is me, Did You Move Today? A tu bouge aujourd'hui, chate mechiste oji, y vos te moviste ahora. Welcome to a Did You Move Today podcast. I'm your host, Andrea. In this episode, I have someone that appreciates arts, especially music, and is also a PhD student. His name is Rogelio Gomez. He was born in the US, but he grew up in El Salvador. There, he spent 15 years at the Lycée Francais to get his baccalaureate in 2011. Afterwards, he went back to the U.S. and got a Bachelor of Science in Chemical Engineering from LSU in 2015. Then he integrated the workforce as an Automation and Controls Engineer in Pittsburgh, where he spent exactly one year and one month on the job. He decided the engineering industry wasn't really for him and went back to school in 2016 and got a Master's in Science in Chemistry from Paris Descartes University in 2018 in Paris, France. Then he got a grant in Marseille to pursue a three-year PhD program in bioorganic chemistry at A Marseille University, which will finish next year, uh, fall 2021. So I'm very excited to have him here. Uh, without further ado, let's just get started. Hi, Rohe. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Andy. So my first question for you is if you can tell me about yourself. Who are you? Yes, uh, so... Uh, my name is Rogelio Gomez. I'm a second year PhD student in bioorganic chemistry at the Molecular Science Institute of Marseille uh, in the south of France uh, within the Ex-Marseille University. Uh, within this institute, I'm part of a bioscience group. We work at the frontiers of chemistry and biology. Uh, there, I also have a position as a teacher assistant, as a TA uh, for organic chemistry labs for the first year undergraduate students. Um, so that's work. Um, I'm also a mover. I'm a vegetarian mover for two years, uh, if I can add. Uh, I've never really stopped training uh, in some sort of way or fashion for the past couple of years. It's been mainly rock climbing, uh, calisthenics, running. And as for hobbies, well, I like to play the guitar. I like to cook, read, play some board games, have a pint of beer, have a nice conversation with people. Yeah, that's pretty much me. Again, thank you for being here. Um, I know for, like, you've been everywhere. I mean, you are from El Salvador. Well, yes. You were born in the U.S., but then you came to the U.S. to pursue um, your career. You, you came here yes. for college to LSU, and then you decide to go to France to continue with your uh grads, you know, as a grad student. So how, how was your experience? I mean, you've been everywhere. Well, that's really been uh, like on the spot, you know. Um, I've always wanted to keep uh, things open uh, every time when, when there's this new phase that's happening, you know. So, uh, as you said, I, well, I grew up in El Salvador, went to the French school, and I didn't know if I wanted to go to France, to the U.S., even to stay in El Salvador. Uh, that could have been an option. And, well, I got this opportunity in, at LSU, and the first thing I decided was like, well, I've already been in the French uh, education program for so long. Why not change and go into this, uh, well, now American education? You know, and I got the Bachelor of Science in Chemical Engineering there. Uh, then again, I wanted to reorient myself. I reorient my career, uh, change that from just engineering uh, into chemistry. And then I was like, well, I've already been here in, in the U.S., so maybe now it's time to change again. You know, like keep the doors, doors open uh, to keep, keep changing, keep things moving, really. And that's when I decided to, to go to France. When do you decide to pursue your PhD? Because to decide 
something so big as a PhD, uh, <laughs> when, when is that you decide, hey, you know what, I, I'm, I will, I'll continue and I want to continue with my PhD studies? Sure. Um, so the first thing is that you're saying like uh, something so big as a PhD. You know, I think like if you're really passionate about something specific, uh, if, if, it's, if it's in science, if it's in art, uh, you should pursue a PhD. I think that's when you're going to get the, the best uh, education and the best knowledge out of what you really enjoy. So first of all, I would advise everyone to do a PhD. I'm loving it till now. Um, but really what got me into the PhD was, uh, it was way before the, the master's program, even the, that I did in Paris. It was uh, during the when I was at LSU, so during the chemical engineering career, uh, then I worked also as, a, as an engineer for a year. And um, there was this word that kept on coming by, uh, coming back, it was optimize. You know, we wanted to optimize a process and uh, make the most out of what we had at the plant and optimize and optimize. And uh, I knew that to, to do this, to optimize the, the chemical plant really, because that was, that was my setup, no? Um, was really to, to create a better chemistry. And if you just have a better chemistry, a better reaction uh, that's happening in the plant in your process, then you ultimately improve and you optimize the whole, the whole process. Uh, so for that, I, I, needed, I was sure I needed to change my career from engineering uh, into chemistry, into research. Um, and to do that at the top level, it would be to have a PhD. Uh, so for sure, I needed to, do, to go on this path. Now, how about softwares? Do you have to use softwares uh, when you are doing research? And if so, how? what's your experience in it? Was it difficult at first? Or you, I don't know, I'm sure you've heard of MATLAB. Uh, so yes. like, how, how was your experience with that? Yes, uh, so we, we had to learn many, uh, as you said, MATLAB is a good example. Many softwares, uh, MATLAB is just like a really nice calculator that you can have, no? But uh, the main one that I've I'm using now is called Orca, okay. uh, like the Orca whale, like the killer whale, uh, Orca. And this software was developed by uh, Frank Ness and his group in Max Planck Institute in Germany, um, uh, which I have a collaboration with them too. So that's, that's really nice. Uh, but this is a quantum chemistry program. So it's very specific to, to quantum chemistry. And I use it to apply this type of uh, quantum chemistry that's called density functional theory, uh, DFT for short, so mm -hmm. just DFT. And what you use that for is to calculate multiple parameters uh, on, the, on the computer, so in silico, we say, uh, from a molecule that you, you created also on the computer. So you design the molecule, you calculate some parameters, uh, as opposed to being in the lab. So you also have the lab work and you have the same molecule, let's say, in the lab. Um, and in this case, uh, you want to be able to compare what you have from in the computer, so on the computational analysis, mm -hmm. to what you have experimentally. Uh, so you can obtain, for example, vibrational frequencies, spectroscopic parameters, uh, and characterize, give it like a structure on the molecule both ways in the, com in the computer or in the experiment. And this will help you basically to uh, rationalize or elucidate uh, ideas or between experiments uh, using this this computation. Mm -hmm. So it was, that was something that was really, really new uh, for me. I would like to say it's not MATLAB or just like Excel or something like that uh, that you know and you use and you develop throughout your career usually. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it was something different. Uh, it has all, also a different uh, interface. It was not on Windows. It was not on Mac. So it was on Linux. Okay. So that's something else I had to learn as well. Uh, but you adapt, and it, now it's it's really good. Uh, I really enjoyed this part of the of the work. With COVID nineteen going on, does that help you? <laughs> are you still? I mean, does using the software helps you, or you guys are currently not using it because of the current situation? No, indeed, it, it, it helps. Uh, of course, it helps. Um, as I was explaining, there's half of the project is is um, theoretical work. So this would be the the computer analysis mm-hmm. or computational research, and the other half of the work is experimental and doing that back and forth. You no, know, that play between experimental and theoretical and trying to compare both. So with the COVID nineteen, of course, uh, university is closed, the lab is closed. Uh, so we're not able to go to to do any of the experiments that we would like to do. Yeah. Uh, so for research in the in the in the lab, it's for now it's paused. So yes, uh, theoretical work is still going. So I can still do run calculations on uh, molecules or compounds or complexes that I already have, um, and try to get more uh, results and more data with with that. What kind of research are you interested? in the most because I I read about uh, this experimental and theoretical investigation of polynuclear bioinspired copper complex <laughs> so I was like wait what's that all right so the research that I like uh, the most lately and, and now I, I don't again as I was saying I like to keep my doors open so I don't want to I want to fix something and that's it but uh, what, I, what I really enjoy now is uh, electrochemistry um, and renewable energies. So uh, the molecule that, I, that I've been working on, that I, I've synthesized in the lab and um, uh, that, that I really developed is, is able to capture CO2 uh, from, from air uh, that we all know is a greenhouse gas. Uh, it's a pollutant due to emissions from com- uh, combustions of fossil fuels, et cetera. Uh, so it's able to capture this, this CO2 just from, from thin air and reduce it to formate, which is uh, an added value compound. Uh, that it's it's really uh, well used in in the industry, in textile industries, for example, um, and it's also a, a stock of hydrogen. So if, once once you form you form your, your formate from CO two, it's gonna add up the hydrogen, mm-hmm. and that's possible to use it as a fuel. Um, and all of these results are are mainly uh, supported uh, and corroborated through through electrochemical methods. So cyclic voltammetry, for example, or electrolysis. Uh, so that's really what I'm, what I'm interested in the most. The topic of the PhD is is broad. No, it's, it's more broad. It's broader. Sorry. Um, and I think the best way to to explain this is by breaking down the terms. Um, so the first one I wanted to explain is like bioinspire and bioinspiration, mm-hmm. and this means uh, we're basically inspired by nature. Uh, so it's simple as that. Uh, nature has a way of doing chemistry uh, that's been developed through billions of years of evolution that we cannot compare to our, I don't know, say a thousand years of, of research of maybe even less of human research uh, in chemistry. Um, so we want to harness this uh, nature knowledge that they have um, through, through bioinspiration. So we want to try to imitate it. Um, and the ones that I'm more focused on are copper uh, containing uh, proteins mm-hmm. or enzymes. 
so that's in our term will be polynuclear uh, copper complexes. So polynuclear is that it has multiple coppers, not only one, uh, even though I'm working more on the ones that only have one copper, but that's another thing. <laughs> um, so, but anyways, it would be copper. And because uh, these enzymes that we find in nature, they have copper, they can also have cobalt, iron, manganese, and many other transition metals. Um, so I want to imitate this whole protein that we find in nature, that the reactivity is done through the copper atom, mm -hmm. create a smaller version of this enzyme, and then try to see if I can recreate the activity, uh, the reaction mechanisms, um, of, of, this, uh, of this new complex. And the idea uh, would be to yes, harness the potential of, of nature, uh, use it as a sustainable option because nature, as, as we all know, they, these enzymes, they work in, well in water, um, in ambient temperature, ambient pressure. They do this work catalytically. So you can have a lot of your product and they're, they're robust, they, would, they will not break. Um, so that would be ideal. Uh, a lot of the processes that we have now in plants, and this is something that I picked up through, through the years as, a, as an engineer, they, they're, they're done at high temperature, uh, high pressure. So a lot of energy is put into the reaction with solvents that are, of course, polluting then the waterways, um, et cetera. So that's really the, the main focus. Um, the final term I would like to explain is experimental and theoretical. It's, it's this part uh, I was saying, are you telling you about the the lab work and the computational analysis. You know? So mm -hmm. it goes both ways. It's the back and forth between uh, DFT, uh, density functional theory, and the actual lab work. So we want to investigate uh, both, both aspects. Well, it's very awesome that you were able to explain every single term to be able to explain what you want to do. So thank you for thank that. You. Yes, I hope it's... I, I don't know. I couldn't make it clearer than that, I think. <laughs> now, I want to shift gears and talk about uh, your love for music. Because since yes. I know you, I always knew that you really like music and you appreciate art <laughs> and you enjoy going to the museums and all that. And I know as a PhD student, you have a lot going on. So it's not only being in the lab and working on research. It's also TAing. Uh, you have so many things going on at the same time. And I'm sure like you have to work on your personal life and all that. So can you tell me more about your love for music and when did that start it? Yes. Uh, the, the PhD takes, it takes a toll. That's for sure. I'm going to say uh, <laughs> it takes a lot of time, um, but you have to be patient and um, you have to be really patient and try to, to balance everything um, uh, throughout, throughout the week, throughout the month throughout the year even, if it's possible. Um, but music, yes, music uh, has always been there for me. Uh, I was thinking like, when would you say, when did it start? I'm not really sure. Uh, <laughs> I cannot say like, this was the day, you know, and I heard this or something like that. Uh, I just felt like it was always, always there. Like it, it never, it never really left uh, my conscience, let's say. Um, I still remember, for example, learning in school when I was a kid, uh, Ode to Joy uh, on the guitar, and I still play it now. You know, it's been, I don't know, let's say I learned it when I was eight. <laughs> it's been 20 years, and I still know the, the, where, where to put the fingers on the, on the frets, on the guitar, and the strings, you know, says, so oh, okay, I, I still remember it. And, um, and I would play this on, on my dad's old guitar over and over again, and I just really enjoyed it. 
Um, I also remember getting, for example, like small, uh, like, I guess, toys, like a, like a ceramic ocarina toy that we would just play around with and just whistle with it throughout the day. Um, but really, when I, when I started getting like passionate about music was as a teenager, I started uh, learning the drums and percussions. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really, yeah, that's really when it started because I was, I was taking, taking it more seriously. Before I was just playing around and like, yes, as you said, like falling in love with it, was more curious about it. Or maybe, uh, maybe I just didn't have anything to do and I was doing that, you know, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, so not really knowing that was going to be such a big part of my life. Um, but the drums, yes, uh, I started taking classes and lessons. Uh, I started learning how to to write, uh, how to write down partitures. Um, and so you were, I was playing and writing at the same time and to create, try to create new rhythms in, in my own head. Um, and so I was trying to compose. And that's really when, when I improved uh, by being able to to write as well. So trying to, to write it and then play it down or playing it down and then writing it. Um, and then it just kept evolving, uh, writing lyrics, uh, singing, uh, forming a band, sharing ideas, sharing instruments, and all of this, like, uh, let's just say symbi- symbiosis between everyone involved throughout my, let's say, music life, uh, really helped me just keep getting uh, involved with music and keep loving it. Um, and that's how you improved as well. Um, sharing instruments, for example, I think this was really big. So I was really on the drums and had a friend of mine always playing the guitar. And he's like, hey, well, I, I just want to try the drums. And I was like, sure, you know, I was a little bit shy. And at the beginning, I didn't just want to share my drums. I, I like playing the drums a lot. It's like, okay, you know what? You, you should try it. You, you, you deserve this. You, should, you can try it. And I'll pick up the guitar. Uh, and I picked up the guitar, and at the beginning, I, again, I, I just knew Ode to Joy, you know. <laughs> um, no, but he taught me some chords, and, and that's really, really nice, really nice in music to, to be able to share uh, all of this. Um, and another another stepping stone that I had was uh, one time when I was talking with my grandma, um, and um, she told me that music was never going to leave anyone alone, and that really impacted me, and this was later on, and she told me a short story that I, I want to share that when she was in, in Cuba, uh, my grandfather had to go away because of the Castro regime uh, for a while. Uh, and she felt really alone. She was really alone in, in Cuba uh, with uh, uncertainty about the regime or what was going to happen in Cuba of her future. Uh, she had a baby. So my uncle has a baby, uh, as a baby. And, um, and only music could make her uh, strong and courageous to courageous enough to to not doubt that uh, everything was going going to be all right uh, basically and and that really impacted me it's like wow okay so music is gonna be there for any type of situation and uh it'll it'll make it better uh that's for sure <laughs> do you think that how different is music from chemistry or from from what you're doing right now do you think it's do you think art and science have to be separated or do you think that they're very similar to each other? Because you're saying that you were experimenting with the instruments, just like the same way that when you go to the lab and you, you know, you have to try things out and sometimes they don't work. So do you think it's, it, it's similar in a way or not at all? No, definitely. Definitely. They are uh, very similar in the, in the methods, of course. 
in, in the methods. Um, yeah, I could say that even now that I think about it, now that you asked this question, that maybe what I learned as, as methods in music is what I'm doing now as methods in, in, in chemistry, now uh, as a PhD. So as, as you were saying, like um, there's this thought process that's going behind as you learn music. Uh, I was writing things down. I was trying things um, and going back and forth and sharing instruments, sharing ideas. Um, and that's really what helps in a PhD in chemistry and in my research is to try something in the lab, as you were saying, and then, okay, I did this and then go back to writing it down and uh, really thinking about it. And okay, maybe I have to change two or three things and then go back to the, to the res to the lab and try it again. Then, okay, now it worked. Um, the same thing in music is like, okay, I wrote this rhythm down. Uh, oh no, maybe I need another snare or another ghost note around here. It makes it sound a little bit better then go back and try it. No, actually, that was not it. I had to change something else, go back to write it down. Uh, so in this way, as, as a method, as, a, as an applied method of, of learning and, 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 and investigating uh, an instrument or chemistry, yes, they, they are very similar, I would say. <laughs> Is there anything that you would like to share uh, for the people that are listening to us, especially the people that are looking to pursue their PhD or people that look up to you in a way? Okay, yes, uh, of course, to, to pursue a PhD, uh, as I said, uh, I think you just have to go for it. I think um, there are really good opportunities in, in, in different universities or, or even in, in the industry to, to pursue a PhD. Uh, you, you, get, you get taken care of, you know, so that's, that's not an excuse. Uh, it is tough. I'm going to say that it's, yes, it's not easy. Um, it takes a lot of time, uh, a lot of effort, but uh, you, you have to do it. If there's something that, uh, again, if, if you really enjoy something specifically uh, and you think that, that it's really something that, that is changing, it's going to not change your life. I mean, it could change your life, but that's life changing in general for you or for the community uh, that you know, um, then, then yes, I think you, you should do a PhD. Um, and in academia, I think, because as you do a PhD, you, you start learning a lot and, and you want to be able to, to share your knowledge in, in a way. So for example, I'm, I'm being a, doing a, uh, I'm being, I'm a TA at the, with the first years, uh, undergrad, uh, undergraduate. So, so they're 18, eight, 19 year old, you know, just mm -hmm. finishing high school. And yes, I have some knowledge that I can share with them and maybe a cooler way than some old professor that you have. And I'm sure the professor also enjoy this passing down uh, some type of, uh, of mentorship, you know? So you're like a mentor from undergrads and then I have my own mentors as well and they have, have their own. Uh, and that's, that's really nice. I think it's, it's, it's good. Uh, so for a PhD, just go for it. Have a good topic, good research topic, uh, good proposal as well. And um, yeah, just go for it. Uh, me personally, I wanted to share something that, I, that I've been doing uh, for the last couple of years. Maybe it's, it's more like philosophical. I think it's, it's, helped, it's helped me through the PhD as well, is to, to live by, by a word or not to live or try to, to apply the definition of a word uh, the most as possible in, in my everyday life. And um, 
so that's something that I started not too long ago, and it's a nice exercise. And for example, last year I was using the word sonder, uh, which means that you're aware that uh, every single other human being uh, around you uh, has a life that's complex and as vivid as, as yours, you know? So it belittles you uh, a little bit and basically humbles you, it humbles your thoughts, makes you aware that the interactions among other people are, are very complex and, and within the workplace, for example, or even in a city, in a society, in the country, in the world. Um, and this year I'm, I'm proposing stoicism. Nice, which is, yeah. Which, uh, you know stoicism, yeah. So. Yes, yes. You, should, you can explain it for everyone, everyone. Sure, sure. Uh, so stoicism is, well, what I have is a philosophical idea that uh, in times of crisis, uh, we can keep being uh, happy and, uh, and good humored and just being uplifted uh, spiritually, spiritually um, because there are things that we can control and things that we cannot control. And what we can control, then it's easy because you can control it. You can improve. You can make it better, let's say, in, in easy words. Uh, what, you can, what you cannot control, just uh, don't fret on it. Uh, there's no point on complaining about it because it's above you. It's, it's not nothing, something. It's not something you can influence on. Um, so it's out of your reach. Uh, we can, and we should simply not worry about it. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine about about this, and to me, it's like a it's like a, a hakuna matata type of thing, but maybe more more philosophical. No, but um, that that's more or less the idea. Uh, that's funny that, that. Sorry to interrupt you, but that's funny that you mentioned that word because. When was it? A couple of weeks ago, I was talking to uh, my current mentor and she's like, she was telling the other people in the lab. Yeah, Andrea was very stoic. Like she was, it was like 1030 at night. She kept working. She was stoic. And I was like, stoic? What what does that mean? (laughs) So I went on the, I went on the, you know, dictionary on Google. I'm like, okay, what's stoicism? And so like, it's just so funny that now you're telling me that that's the word that you're trying to, that you're practicing. Yes, yes, and uh, yeah, I mean, that's how you learn too, <laughs> people yeah. tell you. Uh, yeah, that, but that's just a way to, again, maybe with the methodology that we, that we have, Andy, it's like something that we've been applying without even knowing it, you know? You just yeah. try to keep your cool, um, knowing that there's things you can change, things that you cannot change, uh, things that are going to influence you can put your hands on and, and and work on as you were saying it was late at night you were still working it's probably because you knew that okay this is something that i can do everything else can can wait i'm not worried about it everything's gonna be fine uh you were you were still okay you were still like in, in zen mode you know there was no problem mm-hmm. about it. yeah yeah so cool <laughs> okay, i have two more questions for you um yeah, my first question ahead. is did you move today uh yes i did um so this morning uh, i was supposed to go out and, and run uh, so I'm doing like five, five K I did one yesterday. It was pretty good. Uh, I was really, I kind of tired. I got a new record, <laughs> but this morning was kind of rainy and, and gloomy. And you know, you have your ups and downs too in sports. So, yeah. uh, so I stayed at home. Um, but my girlfriend, she does, uh, she works at home with the, with the COVID-19 and in the quarantine. Um, I'm just going out for runs in the mornings and that's it. Uh, so she's been working out at, at home and I just joined her and, uh, she follows this program that maybe, maybe, you know, it. Uh, it's called uh, Fitness Blenders. Uh, no, I don't know them, but yeah, I, I should check them out then. It, it's pretty good. Uh, it's nice. I've done a couple with her and it's really nice. And it gives you different videos that you can do. And it has, it's like a program that you follow also. So they, they, 
they focus like let's say the in shoulders in core or in, in legs and things like that or the whole body workout and then they do hit or then they do mm-hmm. okay these days rest active rest so they do like yoga or pilates or things like nice. that so so it's really nice and they even have like a we did this video and it was easy enough. We recommend to do this one as well in parallel, like in let's say after, right after this one, and it's a little bit of something else or a little bit of, of the same, but like uh, more control or stronger. Uh, so yeah, we we did that for I don't know forty five minutes <laughs> to an hour. So I, I did move today. Later I have like my daily routine, let's say that I try to do in the afternoons. But uh, check me up on that later and see if I actually did it. <laughs> Great, cool. What's movement for you? Yeah, so I put a lot of thought on, on this one. And um, movement in, in the end, I think it's, uh, it's, it's a very broad word, no? Uh, when, you, when you really think about it. And um, I think what I, what I associated the most and what's most important to me, it's uh, perseverance. perseverance. Um, and whether you're working out or, or moving through life and, and challenges or careers and, and, and goals, uh, it doesn't matter really if you failed or succeeded. If, if you started, to me, that's already a, a success. So, so that's really good. And even, even if you don't reach that 100% uh, goal that you wanted. Um, but it's important to, that, to be able to improve your mind and body uh, and, and persevere. So you keep moving forward and not trying to go back for any reason. Uh, always uh, go forward. Um, so, yeah, I would say movement for me is perseverance again it could be in workout like okay i wanted to do you have your own goal in the workout i want to do more repetitions or less repetition but more weight whatever it is yeah you can you persevere you keep heading towards that uh, that goal but it can also be uh, work related so you have a career path you have a career goal that you want to achieve don't stop um don't settle um, don't stagnate at some level try to persevere and move forward Rohe, thank you very much for your time. Um, yeah, I'm really happy you said yes again. when I reach out. I was like, um, I have to interview him. He's an artist and also he's, you know, on the path to become a scientist. So thank you very much for your time. I really, uh, again, I'm very grateful you said yes. And uh, I'm sure you're inspiring a lot of people. And I also appreciate your friendship, even though we don't see each other that often. Um yeah. It's you're you're a genuine human being. So thank you again for your time. Well, Andy, thank you very much for your your kind words. Uh, that's really nice of you. And of course, yeah, I was I was gonna participate to to this great podcast that, as I told you yesterday, wow, it's since you started in 2018, it's it's been a while, no? And that's that's really nice that you you kept it. That's that's perseverance too, I, I believe. Um, so so that's great. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It's really been my pleasure. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep in touch anyways. I love being talking to you and hanging out there. Maybe it will be sometime soon. You know, that's just distance. <laughs> yeah, distance. hopefully. Hopefully. All right, guys. I hope that you moved today. And if you haven't, you still have a couple hours. And I'll see you in my next episode. Thanks again.